Hey, what's going on, guys? It's King Andy here, and welcome back to another Clash Club podcast. It's been quite a minute since the last one, so yeah, I'm really excited to be back, and I got two guests on with me. Sparky, how are you? Andy, what's up? Been pretty good. Yeah, and I also have one Logic. How's it going, Logic? Hey, I'm doing fine. So today we're just going to be talking about the uh, Clash Cup World Finals, or Season 8. Basically, we started the seat the World Finals already with the first round of matches, and then we also did the semis. So right now, we only have six teams left, or five teams technically, since uh, we're at level already played Quantum, and Frostbite will play Rising Sun Korea tomorrow. So tomorrow, we're going to have four teams left, but right now, we have five, and we're just going to be making our predictions for the remainder of the bracket and predicting or saying our who would think we're going to win. So before we get into that, let's give a quick rundown of the previous rounds. First matchup was Threat Level Evolve versus Watch Players. It was the score ended up 3-1. And um, I don't know, was that any of surprise to you guys? Did you guys think Watch Players would upset or did you expect TLE to win? I thought TLE to win. I, I thought Watch Players... They have been good. I mean, for them to, from qualifiers to worlds, I think it's an incredible journey. But I definitely thought TLE would make this. I would really, I think, King of the Hill was going to be quite decisive when the game was going to be played. And when Mara came with the sweet, I thought it was going one way. Uh, I was think I was thinking that the match would actually be a lot closer than it should be based on uh, their rosters. But uh, several players just didn't show up, and the match results changed. Oh, yeah. Ian not showing up for Wash players definitely made it a lot easier for TLE, for sure. Especially since we lost 2v2, which is a set that we won. At that point, we were kind of scared, but then our 1v1s just turned up, and I believe we didn't drop a single 1v1 game in that match. So, yeah. So maybe if Ian showed, it would have been a lot closer, but, you know. It is what it is. So the next match, New Alliance versus Rising Sun Korea. This match, I feel like it should have been a lot closer than it should have. New Alliance won 3-0. But I don't know. I feel like the timings really hurt RSK because they had to play in the morning, which I know that it sucks to be the one playing in the morning. But uh, yeah, do you guys know have any opinions on this? Did you expect it to be a blowout or... Closer. I thought this was going to go to survive. I wrote logic the, the day before the match. This is going to be a close match, but then obviously, as you say, timings certainly not a big fact, played a big factor over here, certainly didn't favor Rising Sun Korea and Adriel coming up with that sweep in King of the Hill. We thought 4A could put on a performance, but sadly didn't go their way. I was really, really expecting King of the Hill to go Rising Sun Korea's way because, uh, FF4A has been uh, well known for sweep, for sweeping or even knocking down multiple players before he went down. But timing and, uh, I guess, matchups also didn't play out in his favor either. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning that Forte is in contention for MVP this season. But they'll have to – I'm pretty sure they're going to have to beat Frostbite if, they, if he wants to have a chance. Uh, okay. Next match, uh, Quantum versus Frostbite. So this is – I feel I felt really bad for Quantum this match because 
they had a drop glitch or one of their players, Bruzani, had a drop glitch in the fourth set, which costed them the his set. So they would have gone a set five. Like he had that game in the bag. There was no way he was gonna lose that. But a last second drop glitch on the log, and he lost the game because of that. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but it happens. It's the game's fault. There's nothing really you can really do about it. So yeah, but going into the match, I expected Frostbite to win, but um the fact that uh andrew one of the andrew guys swept king of the hill so they were definitely able to put up a good fight uh, it was lou gilbert who swept uh, king of the hill actually Lou gilbert yeah it was one of the gilberts i forgot yeah i, I thought maybe quantum could edge out frostbite into it certainly the gilbert bros have been pretty decent this season actually if you look at their win rates and I think Quantum have been too dependent on Brzezini for their duels and either of the 1v1 set. And I think, obviously, you say Glitch played a big part in that, but I think certainly over defendants and I, on Brzezini, I think it makes him snipeable as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, I feel like Quantum always runs the exact same lineup because every single time they run basically pretty much the exact same lineup except for changes in King of the Hill. And which yeah, that, always that, is supposed to that, is, goals. that is 100% true. I mean, we'll we'll get to that when, when we talk about them versus uh, TLE, but for 90, 99% of the season, they had the same lineup. It's always been the Twins in 2v2, Bruzine in 4, and then Henry in set 5. And then their King of the Hill, they would mix it up. But the other sets were the exact same for, for both playoffs and Worlds. Okay, so going into the loser's bracket, we got Wash Players versus Rising Sun Korea. So both teams lost pretty badly in the first round. You know, Wash Players lost 3-1, but they lost. They didn't win a single 1v1 game, whereas RSK just got completely swept by the Alliance. Both really strong opponents, but, you know, they had the chance to bounce back. And it was Rising Sun Korea taking the match 3-1, I believe. Yeah, it was 3-1. Or was it 3-2? It was 3-1, yeah. I mean, interesting to say, you know, what could have been a meetup between the one of the two best two video duos between Welcome and Winner and Asian and LG if you had shown up. But, you know, it's a close match. Asian, or oh, I was roughing the match. So Asian all of a sudden put, comes in duels and he sort of gave that hope in that duel set. But yeah. I think when Winner started with the two wins, I thought it was too much. And then Interesting choice to play CQ in the one we said. I thought Vinimu would play that set and certainly see a more interesting oh, yeah. finish. I definitely would have agreed to put Winu in that one we said. I mean, he played well in King of the Hill. He just uh, choked his last match. Unfortunate. But he was winning, so I don't know. Um, I mean, CQ was obviously good, but I personally yeah. wouldn't put Winu in that. But, but then again, it's Ian didn't show up in that match, so it's like could wash players have won if Ian showed? Maybe. But, yeah. I mean, regardless, you know, Forte still played really well in that uh, sports set. You know, winner welcome. You know, they had their struggles towards the beginning of the season, but you know, they seem to have found the rhythm against a, a, a duo that actually beat uh, me and Boomer. So, yeah, well played to them. I think it would be interesting if Ian actually showed up to those two matches. Maybe this could be a completely yeah, exactly. different thing we were discussing here. Right, exactly. Exactly. Anything you want to add, Logic? 
I'm welcome and winner. I've always been ups and downs and very mixed results in group in group. So yeah, I'm actually surprised they actually really got together in playoffs and got the rhythm back. Yeah. I mean our state has like three or four two v two duos, so like you never know who's gonna come out. So you could use that as a surprise factor. Okay. So and then going into the second lower bracket round, we got quantum versus outcast. So outcasts weren't supposed to be in world finals, but then they qualified through a disqualification for one of the teams. So, you know, they, they made it. They were in the LCQ, but they didn't make it through there. So they're not technically supposed to be here, but they are, they still made it and they obviously still want to do well. So, but then uh, it, it didn't matter because Quantum just beat them 3-0. The, the pure dominance. Uh, there's not much to say <laughs> for me, at least. No, I think Outcast had only one chance to do well in this game was to win that two v two game. Which obviously, as I said, Gilbert Bros they have been pretty fantabulous on on their coordination and everything. And I certainly didn't expect them to nick duels. And King of the Hill they go two up early, and then you know Soga comes in with that much needed reverse sweep. Oh yeah. Henry reverse swept in King of the Hill. That was, that was, I can't, I can't say I, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't expect it, but I'm not surprised he was able to go because Henry's been good all season. So, yeah, I think he's lost only five matches this season. Uh, yeah. Um, I was genuinely surprised that two did not sweep. He was actually doing really well in the third game and then it just didn't go his way towards the end. Yeah, two played phenomenally, but Henry was able to keep his cool and make the right plays to win. Okay. So, obviously, the Frostbite match and Rising Sun Korea match will, will be played tomorrow. So, let's go ahead and talk about Threat Level versus uh, Quantum. So, this was a really close match. Um, uh, obviously, okay, so, let's, before we talk about the actual match, let's talk about the lineups. They, or Quantum, switched their 2v2 duo. The one they didn't use was the twins in 2v2, which was the duo that they used all season. And we had a, a song in the chat after the match. Uh, Romeo said that they, the reason why they didn't put the twins in 2v2 was because they were afraid that they were going to get sniped by uh, me and Boomer, which is true. We, we thought that the twins would play. And then, but here's the thing we kind of expected them not to play the twins at the same time because. They did this. They did the same thing in NSL where they didn't uh, play the twins. They played a different duo, and I no, I believe it was Wawa and Hey in NSL too. So we were like, you know what? Let's just be prepared for both of them in case they decide to do the same thing again. So we believe it or not, me and Boomer were actually prepared to not face the twins this match. So. Yeah, what, what do you guys think about them switching the lineup? Do you agree with that? Do you disagree? Thoughts? I mean, if you're certainly trying to call, try to catch the team off guard, I think that's a pretty good trick to do. But but they say he did something in the NSL, and then you, I thought then if he if he does something like that, then it's not a trick anyway. Then you, as you said, you and Boomer were mentally expecting it, so it it sort of went against him. If you're already anticipating something, I. 
I agree. Uh, if you're already anticipating something like that, there's no point in just switching your duo. You might as well just change which decks you're going to play. Right? So that way you avoid getting sniped or play something brand new. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you got to be innovative. Like, I, I get the idea of switching your 2v2, but at the same time, your 2v2 is what got them there in the first place. So if you just switch last second, like, I mean, I get it. Like, you're trying to avoid getting sniped, but, you know, maybe that was the right call. You know, maybe they could have, I don't even know, maybe putting Hay and Wawa in there was the right call, but it was unfortunate for them that me and Boomer were expecting it. Like, if we didn't expect it, then I guess kind of by surprise, but, you know, what's done has been done. So, yeah, we won that too well. And then, you know, the 1v1s were extremely close you know i mean clown beat bruzani in that dual set which was huge because they've been bruzani has been almost unstoppable in that set so to league was up 2-0 at this point and then in king of the hill was where it started getting uh kind of shaky basically henry beat two players on our side and then loser was able to bring it back by beating henry and then lou gilbert just Close it off. And then Henry ended up winning set four. So now it was 2 2, and it came down to the last 1v1 set where Maddie just 3 0'd Brisane, which was the most unexpected thing. We even, even caught us by surprise. Didn't expect him to 3 0 in that match. But with that said, it was a close match regardless. I mean, a lot of people predicted us to 3 0 or 3 1, but Quantum put up a good fight. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think people certainly in the Alistar was going, oh, it's going to be easy. But I think Quantum showed a lot of character. They were too down. You know, I can put pressure on them. They win King of the Hill. But I think I've been pretty disappointed by Brzezini in Bulls. He's 4-10. and 10, And he's certainly the reason why Quantum are held so far into the season. And they certainly dependent on him to get those two set wins. And I think had they played their original 2v2, or had Brzezini been firing as he had been throughout the season, certainly we could have been discussing who would have been quantum playing next, rather this this sitting out. Yeah, because here's the thing. Um, Brzezini, I mean, I, I, I personally think he just had an off day. You know, it happens to the best of us. We all have off days. But, you know, Henry, Henry did his job. I mean, Henry actually played really well. He... You know, got two wins in King of the Hill, and he won his one v one set. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one to say, oh, Brew costed in the match because he definitely could have used their original two v two duo and maybe pull off a win. That question we'll, we'll never know, but I'm not gonna just be like, oh, it's Bruzani's fault that he lost the match. <sighs> you know, what do you think about this logic? I, I think that uh, Bruzani. Uh, Going, um, getting swept, uh, a two zero definitely affected his me- mentality, and maybe, maybe that was bothering him in the back of his mind when he was playing in the final set. Uh, nerves, nerves have been uh, notorious for getting to players under incre- uh, incredible pressure, and he could have just had an off day because of that. Yeah, it was the matchups were also were in his favor because we were able to get good matchups in the last set. So, yeah, I mean. It, Part of it is matchups, part of it is gameplay, but yeah. 
it was just unfortunate for Quantum. But, you know, they, they should still be happy with the top six finish. You know, they're the only team to have made World Finals in three consecutive seasons. I believe they actually have the most World Finals appearances. So, but the last two seasons, they, they always lost first round. And this season, they at least made top six. So, they're improving. They did better than they did the last two seasons. But, yeah, they should be proud of, you know, what they've done the last three seasons, making like making worlds three seasons in a row. That's like no team has ever done that. So props to them. Yeah, okay. and definitely with three seasons, their roster has changed so much, but they continue to live. Yeah. All right. So let's move back over to the winner's bracket. Um, threat level versus new alliance. This was also a very close match. Uh, it came down to set five once again. Um, TLE was able to win 2v2. We had their uh, 2v2 nailed down pretty uh, easily. And the 1v1s, we that was where we kind of struggled a little bit because they had Jebus sniping for them. And we, you know, we did our best, but our matchups were just not good. I mean, Jebus is probably one of the greatest analysts or coaches out there. So, yeah, couldn't couldn't uh, hold our own in our 1v1s. Like, we got swept and caught. We lost duel. Goku was able to bring it back in set four, but then you know, Clown just, or Boomer, um, just lost the uh, fifth set, 3-0, or 0-3, I should say. But, you know, with that, all, with, all, with all that said, um, we're not, we didn't expect to win going to this match, if I'm being honest. We just, obviously, we would. We just wanted to try our best off, of course, but we weren't like super confident if we were able to pull it out. So we're just happy that we made it close. 3-2 wasn't like a blowout. So yeah, there's not much else to say. What do you guys think? I think ever since the news is out that Jebus is helping New Alliance, I think this match's real MVP, I think, is Jebus. The kind of matchups he was getting, you, you I expected TLE to win 2v2 and they did, uh, as you say, 1v1 sets didn't go, even though Boozer wins there. But I think this is some serious work by Jebus out there to help New Lands. Yeah, for sure. Jebus is uh, mainly famous for helping uh, Adriel, who has been instrumental in uh, helping New Alliance uh, reach Worlds. Adriel's been pretty much terrorizing most of, uh, most of Worlds uh, with his incredible performance in duels. And I was actually surprised he actually lost the 1v1 set weekly in set four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we thought it was over when uh, Adriel won the first game. And then Boozer reverse swept. Just brought it back. So, yeah, I think Jabu's definitely helped New Alliance get to where they are. And, yeah, they... We're obviously going to talk more about this later, but they're my pick to go all the way. We'll see what happens, though. Okay. And the second semifinal match in the winner's bracket is Frostbite versus Trailblaze. So... I, I mean, obviously the, these two teams are really good. They both have really strong players, but I thought Frostbite was going to win. So, especially after Frostbite was up two one after King of the Hill, and then I did not expect, I didn't I not expect Trailblaze. I believe it was Monka who's who won set four and set five. That yeah. that just like shook me. I was like, what? Like I I didn't even know who this guy was. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't know like he was someone who could actually carry trailblaze. So, yeah, that just 
caught me off. What did you yeah. guys think? I think a lot of people were just incredibly shocked because he defeated Shadow and uh, Ryan. Yeah. And those two are known as two of the strongest players on Frostbite. Both of them with like a lot of, a lot of experience and achievements. And and it was genuinely surprising with uh, like how great his matchups were and how incredibly he played. But I think mistakes on both on Frostbite's end ended up costing like small mistakes, uh, overkidding just a tiny bit, and that ended up costing them at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, I think I thought Trailblaze were, were going to win two v two, but then when Frostbite started pulling King of the, I just thought Shadow would you know nick or Wong. Yeah, but then I think that's tremendous effort from him and. Certainly, a couple of places where Frostbite should have done better. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say that their Trailblazers two v two really helped them. Otherwise, they would have because like Shadow and Gino are like one of the best two v two duos in the semi pro scene. So the fact that Trailblazers was able to take that two v two away from them, like it's crazy. It's crazy to think had Gino and Shadow won that two v two, Frostbite would have won three zero most likely. But you know, it, it just goes to show how important that first set is. Like can like you can completely change the entire outcome of the match. So yeah, I, I thought Frostbite was gonna go. I I was looking forward to Frostbite going into the finals against New Alliance, but they're now have to make the lower bracket run. I mean, if any team can do it, it's them. They, you know, they can definitely make a run back to the worst bracket final, but it's gonna be a long road and they got a strong team ahead of them. So we'll see if they'll be able to do it. Okay. So that covers all of the matches that have been played. So, I guess since the match is tomorrow, we can talk about Frostbite versus RSK first. So, any any, any predictions? Any thoughts going into this? Uh, I think uh, it'll be a little bit more difficult for Frostbite because uh, they have to adapt to the timing since it does across time zones, uh, EU versus APAC. So, that would definitely play a factor in how the results will appear. But I think it'll be a long, hard match. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I'm slightly free of favoring Frostbite in this. I think 2v2 is certainly going to be the most entertaining set of this whole match. You know, Geno and Shadow versus Welcome and Winner. But I think when we go on to the second set, I'm not solely convinced Winner in duels. He's 5 and 10. So maybe if Frostbite do manage to win 2v2, and if they do win in duels, I think Rising Sun Korea are going to be in tremendous pressure going into King of the Hill. Yeah. You know, on paper, I'm, I would say Frostbite would win, but I feel like it's gonna come down to the, it's gonna come down to two v two and what Forte, what form Forte is on tomorrow, because because if he's if he's at his A game, there's a chance Rising Sun Korea can actually win. Um, you know that two v two set. I mean, I keep saying it, but it's whoever I feel like whoever wins that set is gonna win the match because you know both two v twos are. I mean, Shadow and Gino are obviously really good. Winner and welcome. If that's the duo they're gonna send out, I'm not. They could completely use another duo because they have like three. But if winner's welcome comes out, you know they've been doing well, and if they're able to win that set, and then Forte, you know, does his thing at King of the Hill and wins a one v one set, Rising Sun Korea can definitely take the match. But it all comes down to two v two in my opinion. I think two v two is quite important. I got a nerdy stuff for everyone out there. Of all the matches he have played all the season, only once a team that has won two v two and went on to lose that game. So Which I think, was yeah, that and you recognize it is yeah. So every other team that wins two v two, they are going to win the match. 
obviously it can change, but certainly a lot of importance on the set. Yeah, because it's like the first set too, and it's like it sets up the momentum for the rest of the game. So that's why it's like it's not only just um, the first set, but it's also like the men- the mentality. Like it sets it changes people's mentality for the rest of the match. Because it's like if you if you win two v two, you go into duel. It's like okay, cool, we're off the set. But if you lose two v two, it's like oh shoot, we have to win duel now. Or else we down 0 and 2 and we're gonna we'll be in a really bad situation. So yeah. Yeah, because then you're like, if I don't win duels, then I was like, all of a sudden we gotta reverse reverse sweep them to have any shot at the game. So I don't envy that kind of pressure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. And then New Alliance versus Trailblaze, the winner's bracket final. Um yeah, as I said before, or as I said earlier, uh, I think New Alliance should win. You know, they not only because they beat us, but they also have Jebus as their analyst. So, um, yeah, New Alliance for me. Nothing. Uh, obviously, Trailblaze has uh, really good players. You know, maybe uh, Grico, Yuya, Mini Minter, maybe they all show up. It could be really close. But the fact that most likely they're going to have to play, the Japanese players have to play in the morning, I feel like that's going to put them at a disadvantage. Whereas Adriel and uh, Will the other players are going to be playing at night, which I always favor the team that plays at night more. So, yeah, what do you guys think? I think it all depends if New Alliance plays at the night, is Jebu's going to be there? So, I think he's the key factor here. There is a big difference. So, I would, if I'm trailblazed, I would fancy my chances to some extent, seeing that New Alliance are on a depleted roster. But I certainly think New Alliance have got enough to get over the storm. And you want to add on here? Like, um, like New Alliance has uh, run the exact same six players for pretty much all of playoffs. I'm surprised nobody has really tried to like pressure, like pressure by uh, counter sniping uh, to buzz, which has been done before. It's that's ex- we tried to, but it's very hard to do. Very hard. He's, there's a reason why he's one of the. I mean, I'd say easily top three, maybe even number one. So, yeah. I think you snipe New Alliance, yeah. but then you get counter sniped by Jebus. Because he's, mm-hmm. he's already thinking you're sniping him, and he's already in your mind. So, I think there's no comparison there with what Jebus is doing for New Alliance on, as a whole. All right. So, yeah. You guys predicting... I, I mean, I'm not going to... I think 3-1 New Alliance. I feel like... I feel like Trailblaze has a better 2v2 duo. Then when it gets to 1v1s, it's New Alliance is going to run the table on Trailblaze. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute... It's either going to be a long, long, hard-fought battle or it's going to be an absolute blowout in the one one sets. I mean, I would love it if it's going to set by, you know, make it fun. But I personally think it's going to be 3-1 New Lines. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I can, I can say 3-1. Yeah, 3-1. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, Trailblaze does have a shot. You know, obviously, Bonka showed what he could do against Frostbite. Or he, yeah, he showed what he could do against Frostbite, so... You know, maybe he pops off again in that match, and then Yuya and Grico actually shows up this time. They could actually take down New Alliance. You never know. But I feel like Jay Blue's being there, it's going to be really tough. Okay. So. Um, we also, also take into account, like, time zones, since it is uh, NA versus APAC, which time oh, zones. Yeah, uh, have to uh, will probably affect Trailblaze 
which a lot of APAC teams are very, very not accustomed to playing in mornings. So that will, that could have bothered them because Yuya could have uh, over, overslept or he's still a little bit sleepy before he actually plays. So that could actually probably severely skew the results. So if he's playing, he's playing when we want so while sleepy, he can misplace and that could end the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so now that we went over all the matches, do you guys have any team in particular that surprised you um, in World so far? I certainly didn't think. Uh, I think yeah, Washburn has definitely surprised me. For them to come to qualifiers and the top their group, I was certainly surprised. I thought in group stages, undefined would top their group and then the top their group and then they beat Ace or Bullstars. I think it was pretty surprising. That match, match went fire three and two, but I think it's pretty commendable what they did. And certainly, as we said before, had Ian showed up any of the two matches, maybe the whole outlook would have been different. Mm, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say watch players, they were the team that surprised me that made Worlds, but once they got to Worlds, it's it was kind of underwhelming, you know. They lost first round and then lost, immediately went out in the lower bracket, you know. Yeah. The fact that they made it to Worlds, you know, beating Ace 1 in uh, regional finals was already a big achievement. Because everyone thought Ace would beat Washburn easily, but, you know, Ian showed up for that match, which is why I think if Ian showed up for Worlds, Washburn could have definitely made a better run. But, yeah. Which team surprised you, Logic? Um, I was... I was actually, uh, I was actually uh, very, uh, I was actually very surprised that they uh, actually made, uh, managed to even make uh, Quantum to even actually make it to Worlds again because they had a very, very difficult. They had a, they had a relatively easy path, but then they lost to New Alliance, and I thought they wouldn't actually make it out of the last chance qualifier. Yes, because I was because I was expecting a different EU team to actually. I was actually really expecting Point Gaming Pro. Actually, come in to to the EU region, but I guess uh, when everybody was hyping them on, I guess they jinxed them, and uh, they didn't end up making it to the second day of the last chance qualifier. I feel like Point got in. Uh, Quantum would have never actually made it to Worlds. Yeah, well, well, the thing was, Quantum got first in their group in LCQ because they beat uh, they beat both of the teams that were in LCQ. So if Point had made it, maybe it would have. Uh, switch things up for the other team, but I think Quantum would have made it either way. The, the the real shock for me was the fact that Quantum beat Ace in that match. Because then again, everyone thought Ace would beat Quantum easily in that in day one of the last chance qualifier. Quantum just proved everyone everyone wrong again. Okay, so so do you guys have any team in particular that you were surprised it got knocked out already? Not really, actually. Not really. Yeah, I don't really have anyone either. Yeah, I think it's, it's been a it's been a fair bracket. To be honest, it's not been a lot of shocks and surprises. Yeah, obviously there's there's surprises with Frostbite going out early, but that again, they're not out yet. They're only they can definitely make a comeback. So, do you guys want to talk about fantasy for a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So, who did you guys pick? Which players and why? So I usually make my fantasy. I usually go with. Three safe choices. That's how I calculated, and I have one sort of risky pick within me. So, for this season, my risky pick was Brisbane, and I mean it's four points. Not sure what I make of it. Then I had 
uh, Boomer, and then I had Andy as well, and then I had Rai and four forwards. So I think shout out to uh, Clown, seven points. I don't think anyone has reached seven points this season. So he's doing pretty well. So I'm at 24 points, but I'm really skeptical because I've already lost Bruce Vaney and maybe I could lose Pafode or Ride in tomorrow's match. So I'm really skeptical where could I end up at, at the moment. I'm enjoying being a- Yeah, I I personally choose my fantasy team based off of uh, 2v2. And, and if those 2v2 players play a 1v1 set or King of the Hill, but preferably King of the Hill just because they're guaranteed to play. Because, you know, you know, they're not always guaranteed that they play set four and set five if they win the uh, other sets or the earlier sets. So, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure 99% of people picked Clown. You know, last season's MVP, he's good in 2v2. He plays 1v1, so can't go wrong with Clown. Um, the next pick, I went with Shadow uh, for Frostbite. You know, part of the reason because he's really good in 2v2 with Gino. Second reason is because he also plays 1v1, so can't go wrong with Shadow there. And the next player I picked was Yuya. I think even though he doesn't play 2v2, he has done really well in King of the Hill and in 1v1 sense. So, and he has gotten five points so far. So I feel like Yuya, I feel like a lot of people have picked him as well. Maybe more people picked uh, Grico, but I personally think Yuya is a better pick since he always goes first to King of the Hill. So he can easily get some points there. And then for my last two picks, I went with two players from New Alliance because from the very beginning, I thought, they were the team that was going to make it really far. And the first player I went was, in my opinion, was their best player in the team, Adriel. Um, you know, he's done amazing so far, six points. You know, just one behind a clown, but still six points is really solid. He, Even though he doesn't play 2v2, uh, he he usually plays dual and a 1v1 set. And I feel like with, if I feel like if people were to make it far or even drop down to a lower bracket, they could easily be able to get back up with Adriel. And then and then sort of like a dark horse pick, which really hasn't paid off for me that much. He only got two points, but I picked Rainbow. He's uh, the guy that plays 2v2 for New Alliance. I thought he would play King of the Hill, but uh, I mean, just because I was making this, I was looking at uh, their lineup for the regional playoffs and stuff. Um, he was in King of the Hill and doing quite well. But then so far in Worlds, he I haven't he hasn't played King of the Hill at all. So that takes kind of backfire on me. But you know, I'm not doing too bad overall. Just probably could have made better picks, but you know, overall I feel like it's pretty solid. Uh, I guess I'll go next on how you pick my fantasy. Uh I chose uh it was uh Forte, Shadow, Clown, Rico, and Demas. Like I picked uh Forte because he has he had incredible uh, King of the Hill, uh, King of the Hill performance in groups. Groups, he has, I think, four or five sweeps. I think. Not three sweeps, uh, if I remember. Oh, he had, th- he had three sweeps. Okay, he had three sweeps. Uh, so he would play in King of the Hill and most likely a one v one set, and so that's a potential for a lot of points. I picked Shadow. Well, I couldn't decide between Shadow and Gino, so I actually flipped a coin to decide who I would go with because both of them would play. King of the Hill for sure, and it would definitely play 2v2, so that's a lot of easy points right there. Uh, Clown, uh, that's a no-brainer. He was last season MVP. Almost everybody picked him. I think I think it's only one person who actually didn't pick him in all fantasy. Um, 
And my last two choices, Grigo and Demas, uh, both have unfortunately got me zero points because they lost. And Demas actually never played at all because the team he was on um, was disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> and before that, I think I don't think he actually even played a single game this entire season. No. I'm gonna go check that. Out. I believe he played in uh, playoffs, like the yeah. regional finals. But yeah. I don't think he played it after that. Yeah. That's that, that's the thing. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to like pick players who haven't been playing a ton because it at that point it's kind of like a coin flip because obviously there's really good players on Frostbite like Titan like but like the thing is I didn't even know if he was gonna show up because he hasn't been playing that all season so yeah it's true like it's like I prefer to pick players who actually get to play than pick players than pick good players who 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 are like fifty fifty when in terms of showing up. Because you don't show up, you don't get any points. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't think Logic's fan is going to show up anytime soon this season, though. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, just... look. If you look at uh, Demis's stats, he literally only has played one game. So. I think he, his Dark Horse went rather too dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know that... why you would pick Demis. <laughs> I thought he would actually show up. Uh, okay, so my thinking was Demas would play King of the Hill as anchor, and then the best of five or best of three for actually because if they put pressure, if they put pressure on Demas has been known to as it had an incredible twenty twenty one. I thought he would actually step up and actually do some amazing work in Worlds, but I got burned. It's happened the last two seasons. I always end up making one dark horse pick that is too dark, and I end up getting burned. It's happened. Well, I feel like I should have mentioned this earlier. I also picked my fantasy team based on which teams I think will uh, win. Well, like actually, like how for like how, how's a better way to say this? I feel like I've, I picked players whose teams are good. And I'm not saying like any of these teams aren't good, but you know, there's reasons why I didn't pick Forte because I didn't see Rising Sun Korea beating New Alliance in that first round. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm I would. I'm going to go with uh, Adrian instead of Forte because I feel like New Alliance was going to win that match. Same thing with, uh, you know, Trailblaze. Like, I, I could have went with some Stars League players, but I feel like Trailblaze was going to win that match. Also, mm-hmm. some people picked Ian. I, 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 I'm really sorry for all the people that picked Ian. <laughs> he, didn't play, like, he didn't even show up or watch players once. I know Ian was a really popular pick. Yeah. Um, there were also some really popular picks that didn't uh, show up. Thank you. Guiko has been the big biggest popular pick that has not given any returns. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad I went with Yuya. <laughs> I had Guiko uh, on my mind too. I think Guiko actually played. Uh, let me, I'm checking right now. I think Guiko actually played. No, uh, Guiko played, but he lost. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he lost. So basically, he's not it, given you anything. It's basically yeah. the same as he, him not showing up at all. Yeah, I think if I had to change something in a fantasy. I would have put Ariel. I think I was very skeptical of Newlands in terms of fantasy, but maybe I should have been DMing Luis before to get a little bit insight into that. But yeah. yeah. From New Alliance, I think a lot of people were, I think if Alexis is actually a little bit more popular and a little bit more well known, he's actually racked up a, quite a lot of points for New Alliance. And I don't think anybody picked him. Yeah, I think, oh, I yeah, think he's I... a King of the Hill sweep as well. Yeah, Alexi, he, he yeah, has yeah. one King of the Hill sweep. Just one King of the Hill sweep uh, in Worlds. Yeah, I. I, I feel like I chose the all my other four choices are good, but I feel like with uh, Rainbow, I feel like I could have chose Alexi instead of Rainbow, but because I thought, yeah, because as I said before, Rainbow plays two v two, but I didn't. I, I, 
I don't know if he would have played King and Toe. I assumed he would, but Alexi has just been dominant. So yeah. it makes sense that why. Yeah, he kind of went under the radar. Not a lot of people have Alexei. Yeah, I don't think anyone can. So. Neither do Adrian. So New Lines definitely went under the radar, I think, for fantasy and in general. Well, yeah, not a lot of people talk about New Lines, but I knew from a. Uh, Right, even before Worlds, actually, that New Alliance was going to do really well. So it's like, I don't know if it was just me, but you know, I, I expected New Alliance to do well. So they're no one to sleep on, for sure. So I guess the last thing we can talk about is who do you think is going to win it all this season? Will, will we see New Alliance take it? Maybe Trailblaze? Will Frostbite go back-to-back? Or do you think uh, Rising Sun Korea can definitely you know beat them and take it? Or will threat level repeat what they did in season six? So I'm gonna go first. As much as I would like to see my team win it all again, um, just realistically speaking, I don't know if we have the strength to take down New Alliance. That is, if we you know, make finals or if, if we meet them again, because you know we did make it close, but the matchups were just weren't in our favor. But you know, with all that said, I'm pretty happy with how we've been doing in 2v2. I believe we only need to drop like two sets so far this season. So I, and we do have the number one win rate for 2v2. So personally for me, we get 2v2 MVP, then I'm happy. I mean, we really got top four overall, but I think our biggest challenge is are the match that's going to come up next, uh, Frostbite or RSK. They're both really tough. If we're able to take one of them, it's, it's I mean, it's going to be really tough to take down either of them. So we got to take it one match at a time, but we can definitely uh, make a run for the finals. What do you guys think? I think I've been saying for the last season, I was thinking last season, Zero's one would have been. So I'm going again with the strategy of backing an enemy team. I think New Alliance have gotten it all. They have what it takes to be a champion. Um, I think New Alliance will actually win because they have the upper bracket advantage. Because it'll be really difficult for, let's say, even the strongest team. The... Let's say threat level or frostbite actually manages to make the lower bracket run. They would have to defeat them twice. So meaning yeah. they have a full match to analyze all their mistakes and to figure out how to outplay their opponents. Because uh, the lower bracket champion has to win twice to re- has to win once to reset the bracket and they have to win again to actually claim the championship. It would give them so much information. Uh, give both teams uh, so much information and one tiny mistake once you reset the bracket could either. Uh, uh, will either give you a win or end your season instantly. Yeah. And last thing about New Alliance, I don't even think they need the bracket reset. I feel like they're just going to win in the first match. But you, know, you never know. But I, yeah. I also feel like, but let's say Trailblaze somehow, some way beats New Alliance and then New Alliance has to drop down to the lower bracket. Do you think they're still going to be able to win then? Um, so uh, I think because they have, because they have the most favorable, I think they could actually will actually win it because of purely because of time zone advantage. Because all the matches have been over the weekend, because that's the only way they could play other teams, other teams, and that gives them a lot more advantage. And also, as I mentioned, uh, they have played later when they play EU teams, and completely, and it's really switched to uh, late uh, late uh, NA times to very early APAC, which has been the reverse of what's. Uh, been the norm for a while. I think where, you, uh, and he's just like quick spend the money. Go ahead, Yeah, I think if you go towards uh, 
New Orleans being in the low bracket, it's surely down to what time they play each other. I think if it's any night, I, I, I would back New Orleans, but if they do end up playing in the morning, I would slightly add out Trailblaze to win Nick it. Well, yeah, that is true. I feel like our plays at night is going to have the advantage for sure. But most likely, I think if New Orleans does drop down to a lower bracket, I think they can definitely still win. It is a huge possibility. I feel like they'll learn their mistakes and uh, just beat Trailblaze twice. Like, the, the, if, if they, of course, beat um, uh, Frostbite RSK or their level, but, you know, I feel like New Alliance is going to really try in the winner's bracket final to get that advantage, but if they somehow lose, there's, I, feel, I think they're going to be fine. It's, I'm not really worried about them. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're all going through the lines, all three of us. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's hard to disagree. Like, I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but it's hard. Hard to predict against the alliance. So, yeah, that's pretty much all we got to talk about, or that's all we wanted to talk about today. Do you guys have any final thoughts or anything before we let you guys go? Hopefully, whatever we have predicted doesn't come out too badly on us. And certainly the people won't be too hard as on the in the general chat. Yeah. Yes, it's all our opinions, guys. Nothing personal. Also, uh, what happens if everything that we just said, we just jinxed all the matches? So that so everything we predicted just goes horribly wrong. It goes the complete opposite. Oh man. I, I certainly I don't want to entertain that thought. Maybe I predicted new alliance to win, but you know, then TLE ends up beating them. <laughs> So let's let's hope we jinx it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully nothing gets jinxed. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know when this video will be uploaded, but if it's before RSK versus Frostbite, but uh, at the time this recording they didn't play yet. So good luck tomorrow, Logic, and we'll hopefully see you next round. Hopefully, hopefully so. I'll okay. be glad to be a ref. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's gonna be it for today, guys. Again, really fun. Uh, thanks to Sparky and Logic once again for coming on. Um, we're gonna try to hopefully do these every season, or at least, or at least more frequently, because you know I had a lot of fun and uh, I missed doing these podcasts. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, doing a lot more. Yeah. So, thanks a lot for watching, guys, and I will see you next time.